Hey, welcome to episode 41 of the Live Life Aggressively podcast with Mike Marlin and myself, Sincere Hogan. Dude, we're almost hitting that 50 episode mark. We're almost at the halfway point to make it to 100. Yeah, that's, man. That's pretty awesome, man. So we're, we're on a nice roll here. And, and this your idea to upgrade these microphones was a great idea because this microphone I'm talking into now is so sensitive that when a plane flies over my house, I can feel it <laughs> as if it's about to land on my driveway. <laughs> so, I mean, no one should be complaining about the sound now. The last few episodes, we upgraded our, our microphones. I make sure to talk into it really close whenever I have something to say. So we're going into 2014 with a very upgraded experience for you folks. Yeah, come on. We're using upgraded in the right way on this show. Oops. So anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is how we're going to start 2014, huh, Mike? <laughs> Thank you guys so much for always sending in your questions and your reviews and giving us the ratings over on um, iTunes as well as on Stitcher. Shout-outs to some of the folks that have been dropping the five-star reviews over on iTunes. Um, big shout out to J.L. Doman, Art O'Connor, LOML6, Savage3458. Big shout out to ATS Schaefer. Also to BU Swamp Fox. I love these names. So, some of these names sound like um, secret porn star names, though, I have to admit. <laughs> Come on, BU Swamp Fox. <laughs> so, yeah, Swamp Fox, exactly. <laughs> Either that or sounds like a new product. Sounds like a new supplement. Hey, man, are you on that Swamp Fox? Yeah, man, I take that Swamp Fox every day. So, hey, be you Swamp Fox. We just gave you a business idea for 2014. So, there you go. <laughs> and also, big shout out to Jonas Pina, as well as The Elder and Ogie Oglethorpe. Got a little bad name right there. Sounds like one of my professors back in college who failed me in algebra. Mike and I were talking about how many. What's funny is that one, that one review where I think it's labeled that guy from Home Depot. Yeah, I know. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Home Depot. I'm like, okay, I know who that's directed toward. <laughs> <laughs> and also, big shout out to Tim Larkin left on the review. And Tim was one of our great guests in 2013. So many great responses from Tim's show and his interview. If you haven't checked that out on self-protection, definitely go back and listen to that episode. You'll get so much information. This dude has so much info and so many experiences that he shared during that show. We have to get Tim back on the show. So, you know, go check that out. If you have not checked out that episode, go, go Tim for goes it. Way, Tim goes way beyond talking about, you know, wearing a condom during sex, too. He goes way into self-protection. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah go back and check out some of those older episodes it's a lot easier now to to see like who the guests are as far as when you go into itunes and you look on the list of all the shows that we have so it's a lot easier to find out like which guests are and what episode and everything i went made sure to relabel all of the titles to make sure a lot it's gonna make it a lot easier for you guys to find yeah. it the people that we're yeah, you did a good to. job at that, no doubt. I, yeah. I, I was looking at it the other day. It's it's so easy to navigate. It's so easy to find the guests you want to listen to. So good job at that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, somebody, I had to do that early. I had to do that while we only had like 25 episodes at that time. Right, right. That, right. Big, big, but I didn't want to wait till episode 100. Like, you know what? I need to go and change all the titles and end up spending the next three days changing all the titles back. And Yeah. So it was a good time to do it right around episode 25. And right around the time we started changing a lot of things. When we started splitting. Well, I mean, that's a good lesson right there for 2014 is yeah. Don't wait until something becomes a big problem to do something about it. Right. Why we wait for things to spiral out of control and it becomes a very dramatic situation, and then we finally act. Exactly. And the key would be to do maintenance measures before that so that when the problems in life occur, which they always are, they're going to be much more manageable. 
Exactly. And it also goes back to what we spoke about on the last Q&A show. Also, when, it's, when you have something on your brain that you're going to do, just do it and realize it's not going to be perfect. So don't sit there and wait and wait till you have all the resources or you get all the answers or you get everything that you need to get it going. Do. It's not going to be perfect. And that's one right. thing we talk about all the time. Hey, we're, we're still, this is a learn-as-you-go type situation. One thing, I, like, one thing about doing this show you know, this is on-the-job training for us. We love it. Right. So right. we're constantly learning something new every week. You guys, with your reviews, help us learn a lot of things about the show. The only job that I think that should not be an on-the-job training type situation is when you're a world leader. <laughs> this is not the time. Okay. <laughs> this is not the time like, um, what should I do? And you can go back and look at a lot of episodes of 24 and look at some of those presidents that they had on there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then they go, uh, better yet, some of you people out there, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan of the show, too. But some of you are scandal fans out there as well. You can see what happens when a president doesn't know what he's doing. And he has to defer to his chief of staff. I'm like, come on, this dude is not running the country. So why are you asking him for advice? This is the job you took. You should have been prepared for that. Again, you got to ask, like, what's this guy's agenda before you ask him for help? So, yeah, when it comes to being a world leader, I'm not a big fan of that on-the-job training situation. I don't care who it is. And I'm not pointing out any specific world leaders. I'm just saying from the past up into the present. It's not the time to try to learn as you go. But on this job, hey, we're just doing a podcast. Hey, I'm just saying that uh, we, need, we need to get President Palmer to run. <laughs> Which President Palmer are you talking about now? Yeah, we're talking about President David Palmer, the only – Yeah, not Wayne. Only- <laughs> that, that was like poor script writing right there. That didn't make any sense. He didn't look remotely presidential in the show. But uh, David Palmer in the first couple of seasons of 24, that was awesome. But then again, I guess, it, I, guess it's great, I guess it's much easier to be a great president in a scripted show. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Morgan Freeman. What was that one end of the world by a flood or something like that movie or whatever? <laughs> it's like, dude, you got Morgan Freeman as the president. I mean, this dude's looking all calm and collective. It's like, yeah. Why can't we have that guy? <laughs> so, and plus, let's just be honest. Morgan Freeman, like I've said before, he's been old for a long time. Yeah, so exactly. if you want anybody never, to be president, never not old? <laughs> this dude's been old since Electric Company, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even Rita Moreno, who's also an Electric Company, she, she looked younger then than she did when she was on Oz as Sister Peter Marie. Yeah, so, right. But Morgan Freeman has looked exact freaking same since 1972, 73 on Electric Company all the way up until now with bucket list and anything like that. So it's like, this dude's been old forever. So if he's going to, if you want anyone to be president, let that guy be president. Cause obviously he's not going to die anytime soon. So <laughs> electric, electric company to Oz. That's quite a jump right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know Rita. Well, no, actually went from uh, an Oscar nomination. I believe went from West side story. So it went right, from right. West side story to electric company to Oz. So how's that for a diversified career? So that's, how, that's when you know you're a true actor. Okay, you've got a lot of reach right there. I mean, electric, that's hilarious. Remember, Electric Company, you had the Spider-Man that couldn't speak? <laughs> he was like this mute Spider-Man all the time. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so Stanley was pimping out his characters long before this entire Marvel movie franchise. He pimped out Spider-Man and Electric Company, didn't even let him say a word. Something he should have done with Storm's character, Halle Berry's character on X-Men. now all the Halle Berry fans like dude you can't say that yes I did say that come on other than eye candy her acting has always been suspect she's I can probably name two movies that she was great in and one was the Dorothy Dandridge story and the other one was when she played a crackhead on Jungle Fever 
she played one of the best crackheads ever. She she was uh, a better what crack. What about that movie where she with Billy Bob Thornton, the one she won an Academy Award for? <laughs> I just want something to make me feel better. I just want to feel. Better. <laughs> Billy Bob was like, oh okay. <laughs> I thought that I thought that that poolside scene in that one movie. Oh, was, what was that uh, with John Travolta? That was, that was incredible acting right there. <laughs> I had to keep watching that scene over and over again. Yeah, that's probably the only part that was good about that entire movie. That movie was terrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even remember the name of it. That's how I just know I think what I think Hugh Jackman was in it, or was it John Travolta, or right. both? I don't right. remember. It was bad. It was bad. And the only thing that sold it was the fact like this is her first time going topless, and that's the only reason they knew what they were doing. They knew that movie was terrible, and that's why it's like, come on, Hallie, just throw us a bone here, help us out. This movie yeah, sucks. Uh, you Ma- know it. Mama, Mama Kardashian is taking notes during that movie. Oh, Ooh, okay. I'm take that one for a so, business opportunity. <laughs> you pimp your body, you will become a big star. Okay, girls, you ready? <laughs> Everybody with Chloe, Chloe's like, nope, not going to do it. No, not me. You go ahead and pimp out the rest of them, and I'll be waiting. <laughs> and I'll just ride this thing for as long as I can. And Bruce, too. <laughs> and Bruce, too, like, me, too. <laughs> so, yeah, man. All right, so let's just go ahead and pull it back, and let's talk about a couple of things for 2014, man. Um, of course, you know, everybody's getting ready to get ready for the influx, especially in the fitness industry. You've got that influx of customers and clients and potential people and prospects calling up, getting ready to sign up for gyms and sign up to, for your services as personal trainers and coaches out there. Everybody's getting ready to make a change. Okay. Right. <laughs> and we're not talking like Michael Jackson, man in the mirror right here. Problem is they don't like the man in the mirror they see or the woman in the mirror. And that's why they're coming to you. Here's the flip side of that. That first month, people, and I'm pretty sure most of you already know this, yeah, everybody's going to be gung-ho until they realize it's not going to be a quick fix, and it's no different than last January 1st. It's the same thing. It's funny how they call January 1st New Year's Day. I think they have it all wrong. They should call January 1st Groundhog's Day. (laughs) I think they have it all backwards, man, because every year on that day, the same crap happens over and over and over. So many, the majority of folks out there, they're ready to make these changes, but they have no plan in sight. And then when they go to someone like folks like ourselves in this industry to help them with a plan of attack, they don't want to go with our plan, but they sought us out and wanted to pay us to do so. You're going to have a lot of heartbreak, especially if you're just getting in this industry or you're someone that just refuses to see the writing on the wall come February 1st and especially by March 1st. A lot of these folks are going to, some are going to flip on you. They're going to say, well, I didn't see any results. Nothing happened. And they're going to demand refunds and things like that. And it can be a little heartbreaking in this industry to a lot of people. Or they're going to start bad-mouthing you like, I went to so-and-so, and and I didn't see any changes, even though they didn't comply with anything, any of the suggestions that you gave them. So it really starts to mess with you, especially if you're fresh in this industry. It starts to mess with your brain and it starts messing with your confidence. Like, well, dude, how are you going to sit there and just – how are they bad-mouthing me like that? They don't – I mean – I, it's not, I'm not even that type of person. How can they just say those things about me and saying I was just greedy and I just wanted the money and I can care less about them? Now, albeit there are some people in this industry that are like that, but the majority of folks, the majority of coaches and trainers out there, they are those folks that want to help and bring change to people and help them become better people as far as their clients and help them be successful. So I, I think there are far more, as far as the, the ratio of good coaches with good intentions compared to those who would just, suck ass and they're all about the money and try to make a quick fix and put out crappy products, crappy programming and things like that. I feel like the good always outweighs the bad in this industry for the most part. It's just, we tend to hear more about the bad. And so I'm saying you got to put on some thick skin and get ready because a, it's not just that you are entrepreneur in fitness. You're an entrepreneur now. And that's what happens when you're on your own. All eyes are on you regardless. 
So it's, it's about how, how you deal with the negative feedback and also how do you really project all the positive things? Because I see that as a problem a lot of times with a lot of fitness professionals and business owners out there. They don't really celebrate their successes as far as their clients as well. They kind of feel like, well, I don't want to put those testimonies up there. I don't want to embarrass them or I don't want to ask them for the testimonial because that's inconvenient. Come on, dude. They're your raving fans. Utilize that. Sometimes people feel like they're, well, I don't, you know, it's like I'm trying to, it's like I'm selling them out. I'm trying to do this just right. to build my business. And yeah. the reality is most people are happy to give you testimonials. They, yeah. like to, they, like, they like to see their name on your website as much as you like to see the testimonial up there. Exactly. Compliment exactly. for them as well. And when you've done something to help people out, there's a natural inclination for them to want to return the favor as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a lot of the negativity people deal with is generally not going to come from your paying customers. It's going to be from someone who just wants to be a heckler. I mean, we were laughing about it before we recorded today because I got a nut job email last week, and I get this. I mean, it it seems to be less and less over the years, but I remember early in my career, I would get these kind of dream stealer hecklers, these idiots who just wanted to ruin your day. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a novice, it would really bother me where I would respond, I would retort and get into these debates, and I wouldn't stop until I won kind of attitude. And bottom line is if, if you let any of that negativity in, you've already lost. So now when I get an email from some, some person who's not clearly not trying to give me any constructive criticism, because I don't mind someone saying, hey, look, you could improve on this, that, and so forth, and they're seeing it in a respectful way. I right. like when people do that. To me, it, I, that, I appreciate that because that's someone who's taken the time out of his or her day to, to give me some constructive advice. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to follow it or agree with it, but just the fact that someone's taking the time to do it, I, I, I don't diminish that. I appreciate that. But when someone is clearly just trying to be a heckler, just trying to be a total jerk off, they, they don't even use their real name. They got some fake emails, some they don't <laughs> yeah. use their name at all. It's totally anonymous. I don't need to waste my time with that. So I delete it, and then I delete it again. I'm not even going to let that in. I'm going to give them nothing. I'm going to give you nothing from me. You're not going to take any energy from me whatsoever because right. any response I give is a victory for that person because exactly. that's what they want. They, they want your attention. Right. So my thing is focus on what's working for you. These people are not working for you at all. They're working against you. When you and another thing is when you have the clients out there that you're taking on and they are seeing successes, make sure you're documenting that and, you know, get their permission. Don't just throw something up there and like, ah, I'm using this, you know, before and after of you. One of the things I do, I, I, I talk about that when I first bring someone on to one of my classes or if I'm taking them on with coaching, one-on-one coaching or a small group coaching or anything like that. Part of the discussion is keep this in mind. You know, if you like what's, what we're about to do, if it's really working for you, and I, I would love it if you let someone else know that you think could benefit from this. Now, one of the things I don't like from a lot of so-called Internet marketers or fitness marketers or anything like that, they tell you right off the bat when you get a new client, and as soon as someone signs up, right from that first day, they kind of do this, the network marketing way of doing things like, do right. you know, like a few other people that would love this yeah, service? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> can you give me their name so I can reach out to them? Or can you just give me four people that can come in and blah, 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 blah. Dude, you haven't even proven anything to this person yet. Okay. Right. And so don't, don't be so arrogant and think that you are just that much of the bomb that every single person that walks through your door is going to be raving about your services. Even though you may be a great coach, there's always going to be that one person that you do not connect with. It's just going to be that way. So my thing is show and prove. Really start having that person see the changes. Make sure they're documenting their changes. So therefore, they, they're putting, they really get it. They're keeping that food journal or they're really documenting their, the sizes 
if they're losing dress sizes, pant sizes, or whatever, if their sleep is getting so much better, if their energy is going up, their headaches are going away, something like that. If they're documenting that and keeping up with that, it makes it that much more real for them and keeps it at the top of the mind for them. So, therefore, they're not just going to just bring you a referral. They're going to rave like, look, dude, they, they can actually explain why this other person should be working with you. Like, look, I was having constant migraines. Dude helped me out with that. I was bloated all the time. He was helping me with my food. And I'm telling you, my sleep is so much better. I sleep solid throughout the night. I can lift this now. This before I couldn't even do one push-up. Now I can do 50 straight. And I did that like in like a month and a half. You know, my upper body strength has gotten so much better. So now, since they've been documenting that, they can also give you, a, they can give a much more dense testimonial to someone, whether it's on your website or to one of their friends or something like that, because that's the stuff that people want to hear. They want to see, they want the proof. Or they want that social proof, as they call it. Okay, and so don't just right off the bat when someone signs up with you on January 1st say, hey, can you bring me five more people? Well, dude, I don't know what you can do. And also, it kind of saves your ass because let's just say you suck, okay? It's better to suck with one person than suck with a total of six all at the same time that know each other. That's a big network of of people spreading the news how much you sucked. (laughs) So you kind of want to – at least you can contain it a little bit with one person. The biggest takeaway here is don't suck. So work on your stuff, man. Work on it. Make sure you have your systems in place. Don't just try to play it by ear and just kind of go back to what we were talking about a few shows ago with that muscle confusion bull crap because the key word is confusion. Have yeah. a system in place. Work that system. And one beautiful thing about having a system in place, you can always replicate it. You can always do it again. And I'm, saying not the same, I'm not saying have the same program in place as far as this workout, this, this, this. No, but have a system of pretty much where do you start the first day with a client? Where do you go the next week? the next week, and if they're on for three months or whatever, what are the milestones we're trying to hit here every time? The specifics of it are going to change, but if you've got like that baseline of it, that's going to always work. And here's the beauty. We talked about this um, a couple shows as well, a couple shows ago as well. You can take off some of those hats and quit trying to trade, trade all your time for dollars. And now, since you have a system in place, you can bring in other coaches who are qualified to work with you and they can replicate your system for you, and you don't have to actually be there to administrate that system over and over and over personally with people. Now your coaches understand what the system is, and they can put that in place. And then, again, you can sit back and actually grow your business and not just be a part of, be in your business 24-7 if that's what you want to do. Some people are happy with just working with people one-on-one. And that's another thing I think all these fitness marketers need to take, take to heart and quit trying to just, I don't know, man, make it just sound so evil when someone actually, some people really feel better when they work one-on-one with people and they don't mind working with six, seven well, clients I mean, there's a, day. There's also, there's also a need for that because a lot, a lot yeah. of people want that. You know, that's what exactly. personal training is all about. It's not about just writing eBooks and you've never trained someone ever in your whole <laughs> yeah. career. So I think, I think if you enjoy doing that, I think the key is to, you, you want to have other income streams in place so that you don't have to be desperate with clients. Now you can pick right. and choose the people that are a perfect fit for you that you enjoy working with. And you don't have to put in those 15 hour days anymore either because right. you, you, you have other things going on. So you need to, just like with any business, you need to be diversified. <clears throat> Can't have all of your money coming from just one thing because if, if that one thing takes a hit, then your whole your whole business is going to collapse. So if you right. have other things going on, you'll be fine. And I think the, a, a big mistake a lot of new trainers make especially is that they'll just take on anyone as a client, no matter what. And there's a lot of people that you should never work with because they're not a good personality fit. They're toxic people. They're not a fit for your personality style. I mean, right. I, I came out of the gate with my business, Mahler's Aggressive Strength, and I positioned myself in a way where there's going to be 
a certain segment of the population who looks at the way I do things and is mm-hmm. and is not attracted to that. They're going to go, nah, this guy's way too intense, or he looks like he's mm-hmm. harsh, not a fit for me. And then there's going to be people who are like, man, this guy sounds like me. This is exactly the kind of guy I want to work with. Right. And that's one of the reasons why my business has done so well is that I've attracted those kind of people. Like right. people, who, people who assist me at my workshops always say, man, you always have great people at your workshops. I've never seen like some jerk-off come through one of your courses. Right. And I, honestly, I haven't had any, any kind of jerk-off person since early in my career because now yeah. it's, you price yourself in a way where you're going to detract those people, and then you also position yourself in a way where you're going to attract the people you want. And then you also are, you can't be afraid to fire people that are not a fit either. I mean, oh, I've, yeah. I've had, I've had some real, I've had a few idiots over the years that were just totally unreasonable. I mean, you're, they're a week into the program and they're going, I haven't noticed anything yet. If I don't notice any results by next week, I'm going to, I want a refund and I'll give them a refund right there on the spot. Bam, <laughs> well, that's what, guess what the day is next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let me beat you to the punch. Yeah, I'm going to give you a refund right now. See ya. Because I mean, that's a totally unreasonable attitude. I can understand if after a month or something and you're not seeing good results, you're going to be frustrated. But uh, we can work with that, too. You know, I've had people that are going, you know what, I, I, didn't, I didn't really get the results I wanted out of that three months, but would you be willing to work with me for another three months pro bono to see if you, you can get me where I need to go? And I'm like, yeah, sure, that's a totally reasonable offer. But, you know, the bottom line is as you get better at this, you're going to get people good results and they're going to be happy. But also I set the tone from the beginning that, I don't do 90-day 90 90, 90 magic programs. Right. I mean, you, you, if you've been fat for a long time or you've been out of shape for a long time or you've been weak for a long time, it's going to take a while before you start getting in the direction of where you want to go. I mean, you'll, you'll have successes along the way, mm-hmm. but don't expect these magical transformations in yeah, 30 we, we days, get 60 days, 90 days. Yeah, we've got to get over this, this, this infomercial lifestyle, thinking that, you know, oh, look what happens in 90 days. So-and-so went down 12 dress sizes in 60 days. Like, yeah, guess what? So-and-so is a cokehead. Okay? That's one thing that you're leaving out, buddy. Okay? So I, we got to get well, out of off, off, Those are testimonials where that's someone who used to be in shape, and it's a right. lot of someone who used to be in shape to get back in shape as opposed to someone who's never been in good shape. Right. Even on some of those infomercials, you need to really listen to the entire testimonial of that paid actor. Okay? So a lot of times they'll tell you, you know, I haven't been this in shape since I played football in high school. And Stop right there. This person was an athlete at one time. Or, you know, I haven't been this in shape since I worked out in college. Stop. Pause right there before you start getting all excited about what they're going to say next. This person's worked out before. They, their story has nothing to do with you if you've been sitting on the couch all your life. Or if you were the kid in PE in elementary school and you didn't participate, you sat up in the stands and you did your homework all the time. Or you always came to class with a note from your mom saying why you can participate in class that day. So this guy has nothing to do with you. You've been pretty much the, probably the most exercise you've had is walking to the fridge or something like that. And where just the thought of exercise just makes you just tremble because you haven't done it. So guess what? You and that guy on that infomercial don't have anything in common. That's why a lot of times, again, you got to seek, okay, what is your, what is your backstory? People who listen to the show right now, if you're not a fitness professional, if you're not a coach, if you're not a trainer, when, if you're just a consumer or someone that is interested in fitness, if you are seeking a coach or a trainer, you need to bring them the whole story, as much of the story that you can provide. Give them the backstory, man. So therefore, they can, it better assist that coach or that trainer to start putting something together for you that's going to work for you. Don't just come to say, like, yeah, man, you know, I, just, I haven't worked out in the last few years. 
<clears throat> which has been about 20. Okay, but I haven't worked out in about 20 years, man. And, you know, basically they're just telling you it's been a few years, and they kind of they kind of let themselves go. Well, a lot of times they never they never were going anywhere in the first place. <laughs> so it's always – and, you know, I eat pretty healthy. I eat pretty good. Okay, okay, first of all, it's pretty well. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> that's just Margaret Mosley. That's my English teacher from high school constantly over just sitting over my shoulder like, no, it is – pretty well do not say pretty good so anyway so i eat pretty good and you know i, I eat fairly healthy you know i, I do you know I, I eat this and i eat that i have pro, i have my protein shakes that usually already like strikes a chord with me like oh they're not protein shakes okay <laughs> so we're not having any so-called real food at all here because like yeah i have about like two shakes a day i have like some salad for lunch and then i might have like i don't know man I, i'll have my dinner now, notice dinner doesn't get a description. It just says, I have my dinner. <laughs> dinner is what they pull out of the microwave. <laughs> exactly. So you need to tell the whole story. That's why when I speak with someone, I, I like to know everything. Like, okay, dude, let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk about your job. What do you do? How long do you work? How often do you have off days? What do you do on the weekends if you are off? You know, what is a typical weekend? Well, I sleep in on Saturday. Oh, okay, let's talk about that. Then that whole sleeping in thing is such, is such BS. You, you're not doing your body a really good thing if you're trying to sleep in every Saturday. Sometimes you need to have some rest and you just need to just do that. But if you need to just conk out on a Saturday, then you need to really start evaluating what, what's going on here with my sleep on the other six days of the week. You know, sometimes that body is going to be like, okay, this is it. Since you're not going anywhere, you're going to be in bed to about 3 or 4 o'clock this Saturday afternoon. But guess what? You've also missed most of the day and the one day that you had off. So, again, you got a question like, what's going on here for me to be this freaking tired and the fact that I needed to have some sleep like this? So, again, I like to get the entire story. I want to know what their food is like. And even when we talk at that time, I say, when's the last time you had something to eat prior to this conversation? It's so surprising. So many people are like, um, uh, man, uh, it was like lunchtime. I'm like, yeah, but what lunchtime? Because your lunchtime and my lunchtime are two different lunchtimes because I don't work a nine to five. So they, they'll think back like maybe it was. 11 o'clock and we're on the phone it's eight o'clock so i'm like that's the last time you've had something to eat yeah okay so we got some issues going on right here as well so again you need to get that full story from the client and if you're the client or since the client give them full story don't worry about them judging you because a lot of times that's what happens they don't want to tell us everything because they're thinking that we'll judge them and not want to work with them give me as much as you can help me out then i can really start putting some things together here it just needs to have some honesty on both sides of the story here, whether you're the fitness professional or you're the potential client. The more honest you are with each other, the more successful you both are going to have results with the program working together. So keep that in mind going into 2014 because, again, yeah, I, I see all these clients. I, mean, I see all these coaches out there bitching and complaining. Yeah, you know, everybody's getting rid of January 1st. Everybody, you know, look, here's the deal. Here's the nature of the beast. Whether we want people to always – you know, work throughout the year on being better. The fact of the matter is there are people that are going to be what I call the resolutionaries. They're going to be the ones ready to start on January 1st. Here's something, here's a challenge for you coaches out there. How are you going to help these folks stay in the game? How, how are you going to keep giving them successes with, with every session that you work with them to the point where they're not going to give up? So it becomes this game of psychology, not just about what fitness program you can put together for folks. It's all about how can I get in their head and, and get them some momentum and help them out and remove all these barriers that have been, they've been throwing up throughout the years. And that's why they have so many programs that didn't work out. So right. 
So I, I think, you know, you got to look at it from, you got to put yourself in their shoes as well. You got to stop being a fitness professional all the time. Look, like we said on the, on the other show, you got to take that Kanye approach. You ain't got all the answers, trainer. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's also important to not be a, a judgmental person. And exactly. honestly, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest and say this is something I battle with myself where mm-hmm. you, know, you see people and you, you automatically make a judgment right away. I mean, we, everyone does this all the time. Right. I'm just being honest that I do this too. So I'll be walking around and I'll see someone and I'm like, look at this idiot. And then I'll say to myself, I'm like, what do I know about this person? I don't right. know anything about this person. And then I shut myself off. But right. I, I think a lot of people make those judgments, but they don't, they don't have checks and balances. They don't cut themselves off. And a lot of us trainers do that too, where we'll, we'll look at someone and be like, look at this fat ass, man. I got to work with this person. Like they already have this toxic attitude of like disgust. I mean, you're in the wrong business if that's the way you're right. looking at stuff. I, mean, you don't, I, don't, I don't hold people's hands either. Okay, I'm not saying you should be Richard Simmons and cry with people after each workout and <laughs> give a little pat on the back. I don't do that crap either. You know, I'm a pretty straight up guy. But I'm also a compassionate guy. So what I, what I will do is this, though. I don't put people through the grinder. When I right. work with an online client, the first week is called the break-in week. This mm-hmm. is where after I have assessed their current fitness levels, their stress levels, their hormone levels, all of that stuff, you know, whatever information they've given me, first week is I want to stay within what I think their limits are so that they have a success. So, like, right. hey, I completed that week. I wasn't too wiped out. I wasn't ridiculously sore. You know, I wasn't uh, burned out. And then we can start turning up the dial with each successive week. So you start with a success week one, and then you just keep building on that. And I'm a strong believer in success helps you get more success. So whether right. it's your business, whether it's your workout. So, for example, if I have a great workout on Monday, that's going to help me have a great workout on Tuesday. And if I have a great workout on Tuesday, then I've got momentum going into Thursday and Friday. And then I rest up the weekend and bam good week turns into a great three weeks that turns into an incredible six weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks. Now you have some real momentum. Just right. like with business. I made a lot of money selling kettlebell videos. I put that money into developing my supplement line. You know, the supplement line is going into other things. So use each success to build more success. And then the key with this whole advice is get your customer a success as soon as possible, whether it's yeah. one good workout or they did the Turkish get up perfectly the first workout or they finally pressed a kettlebell, you know, a 16 kilo kettlebell five times, you know, right. whatever it is. And then, like you said, celebrate that success with them. Like, man, you killed it today on presses or you killed it on deadlifts today. You know, show some enthusiasm so that they know that they right. should be enthusiastic. A lot of times they don't even know that they should be enthusiastic <laughs> right. because you're so, you're so blase about it. You know, they just deadlifted. You have a client who just deadlifted 315 for five for the first time ever in his life, and you're, you're not saying anything. You're just like, okay, let's move on to the next drill. I mean, let them <laughs> yeah. know that it's worthy of, of being excited about. Right, man, right. Again, you got to get out of your own head. Okay, yeah, you can, so what, you can deadlift 550. You know, if it were you, you wouldn't be impressed. But, dude, this dude two, three months ago was doing 115, 135 with a trap bar deadlift. And now they're doing 315. Freaking celebrate. Don't just make them feel like, whoa, how was that? They shouldn't even have to ask you, like, was that good? Dude, you did it five times. Are you freaking kidding me? You know, yeah. And you're, you're 45 yeah. years old, and, you, and you're doing it for five reps with a trap bar. They're, you know how I many 45-year-olds are just happy if they can just get up and sit down without pulling a disc in their back? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, and, you know, I'm not just making this up. This would be funny, but it's true. There are people out there like they were reaching for the remote and then all of a sudden, oh, man, my back, my back. Dude, you were just reaching <laughs> for the remote. Are you freaking kidding me? You know, so it's just like 
you got to help people celebrate that because they don't, they don't, a lot of times they don't think about that. And then, you know, most of the clients I work with are in their mid-30s, late-30s, 40s, early 40s, a little bit older. So they're at this point now where they're kind of doing, they're hitting the reset button. They realize that, okay, I don't want to hear anything about what you used to do, how you used to be. I don't want to hear about your teen years and your early 20s. Those days are gone. I don't care about that. We're talking about right now. Hopefully, the, the next time you even think about how things were in your 20s or your teens is when you're realizing, dude, I'm 40 years old and I'm stronger than I, I'm stronger now than I was when I was 22 or 21. Now I want you to go back to that backstory, you know. Or I'm feeling a lot more agile now, less sore when I wake up after a workout than I did when I was 25. That's when I like hearing about your teen years and your 20s is when you're improving now, because you know, right. now you're training smarter that you're older, at least I'm trying my best to help you train smarter when you come to me. As far as the past and the glory days, let it go, man. Let it go. Because all it's going to do is just cause more anxiety into what you're trying to do now. And that can be said not just in your fitness program. That can be said in your personal life, your business life, whatever. Let the past go. Because all it's going to do is just cause anxiety about what's happening now. No doubt. Move forward. So I know you had a couple of listener questions too, man. Yeah, man, we got quite a few. That was good advice there. Let's look at intermittent fasting. That's a popular topic that we've yeah. get, gotten quite a few questions about, and that's one that a lot of people going into 2014 are going to be considering. Should I try this whole intermittent fasting thing out to lose some weight and get healthier? Let me, let me break down what I think are the positives of intermittent fasting, and then we'll go through some negatives. And I know you have some input, too, on this. But let, let's, let's, let's explain what it is first. So basically, intermittent fasting is where you have a 16-hour period where you don't eat at all. That means no food, no protein shake. You can have some amino acids. You can drink coffee. You can drink water, et cetera. But it's a, it's a, it's a fast. So 16 hours includes the eight hours when you sleep. So let's say, for example, you, you got eight hours of sleep and you woke up at 9 a.m. You're not going to eat until 5 p.m. that day. Mm-hmm. Now, the positives of doing this are it definitely increases growth hormone because when you're in a fasted state for a prolonged period of time, the, the gut releases a hormone called ghrelin, which is a precursor to growth hormone. So it just it ramps up growth hormone. It's a secretagogue for growth hormone. So that's a positive thing because growth hormone has incredible fat loss burning benefits. It's great for your skin. It's great for your joints. great for your aging well. Also what happens when you're in this fasted state, you dramatically improve insulin sensitivity. And insulin sensitivity is critical for fat loss and health. If your insulin is not sensitive, what happens is your glucose levels start rising and rising and rising, and you're on a fast track towards diabetes. You're going to store a lot more of the energy you're taking in as body fat as well. So what happens with this fat, you're giving your body a break from digestion. You're allowing these different organs to rejuvenate. These receptors get more sensitive. So that's another positive as well. Leptin sensitivity will improve as well. Now, the negatives are, people, when people hear all that, they're like, oh, great, I'm going to start right now. I was like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on a second, <laughs> yeah. because here's what's going on. If you've never gone 16 hours without eating, okay, again, this is including eight hours of sleep plus eight hours from upon arising, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. You're, you're going to have a hard time getting through that day. And then if you think you're going to work out in that state, you're really in for a rude awakening. Right. You have to train yourself to be able to handle this thing. I mean, over time, you can get pretty good where you can go through these fasted periods and still perform at a pretty high level. You have to make sure that when you do eat, because that's the other part of it, is after the intermittent fast is over, you have a window where you get in all your calories. 
Now the pressure is on, though, because you have a short window to make sure that you consume all of the food you need to get you through, not only to recover from that day, but to get you through the next day's efforts. Because if you're going to go into a fasted state the next day and work out during that fasted period, you're relying on the food you ate the day before. So, I mean, it's just not going to be that practical for a lot of people for these reasons. I mean, you have kids, you have a job, you have all these responsibilities. And if you're hungry, genuinely hungry during that fasted period, to me, it doesn't make sense to just try to mentally tough, tough and bear it out and not eat. Because now what's going to happen is your cortisol level is going to go up, your adrenal hormones are going to go up, you're not giving yourself any energy. So now your body is basically going into a panic state where a lot of these different stimulant-type hormones are going to kick in the gear. That may give you the illusion that somehow, oh, I feel so energetic. I feel so energetic on that fasted period. But what's going on is some positive things, but it could be potentially negative things too where these adrenal hormones are kicking in the gear. So I think it's going to be a certain kind of person that does really well on it, and it's going to be some people where it's just a disaster for. I think, I think a more reasonable compromise is to just take longer stretches in between each meal. So, right. for example, right. you could have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, have about six hours between each meal. You have three hours where you're going to be going to store body fat for energy in between each meal. And this is a lot easier for people to be compliant with. And that's the real key here as well is intermittent fasting is fun. Can you, can you do it for the rest of your life? Can you eat that way for the rest of your life? Right. Eight hours of eight hours clean window, eat as much as you want in the evening, repeat. If the answer is yes, then go for it. But if the answer is no, then it, it's going to be a battle of attrition. And for some people, it's going to reinforce really unhealthy eating habits, right, like binging right. and so forth, where that's what you're doing. You're basically starving yourself, and then you're eating a lot, and then you're purging. So I'm not saying that people that are into intermittent fasting are necessarily coming from that realm. But people who have any kind of eating disorder, it's not going to be a healthy way for them to go either for, that, for the reasons I just mentioned. Right. So I think the benefits are definitely there. There are definitely are some benefits. I think longer stretches in, in between each meal will give you most of the benefits without any of the negatives. So you're not going to get the blood sugar crashes and the surge in adrenal hormones and so forth. And it'll, it'll allow you to be way more compliant in the long run. I mean, I agree. We talked about this before. And I'm all about going back old school where you just had three square meals a day. I mean, make it really easy. Three square meals a day and seven to nine hours of quality sleep. See, I'm not the typical person who says the eight hours of sleep because not everybody can get that. Some people need, a little, need that extra hour and get that nine. Some people can get seven in. But the key word here is quality sleep. And how does that happen? Well, one of the first things you can do is make sure that when you have a nutrient-dense meal for dinner, don't have it so close to the time that you're going to end up going to bed. Right. So, therefore, you're giving your digestive system a break so it's not working while you're trying to sleep. If your digestive system is trying to break down food while you're sleeping, then you're not going to have a good night's sleep because it can't really rest. So, if it's working, you're working. So, you're going to be tossing, turning, flipping, flopping, getting up, and getting up, taking a dump in the middle of the night, getting up, and you have to pee in the middle of the night, and all this stuff is going on because your digestive system is trying to break this food down and turn it into waste. And a lot of times it's not going to sit there and hold off until you wake up the next morning. I think the easiest takeaway here is, Three square meals a day, make sure those meals are as nutrient-dense as possible, and then try to get that seven to nine hours of quality sleep in there, drink plenty of water throughout the day, and, and again, I laugh when people say, I don't like water, I don't like the taste of water. You're drinking the wrong water. 
Okay, yeah. you shouldn't be you shouldn't be tasting water. It shouldn't be a problem. Or the ones that get upset, like, well, I don't like water because it doesn't have a taste. It doesn't have a taste. Okay, A, that's a good thing. B, obviously you probably are addicted to soda or who knows whatever else. Or you're the person that got you got to have the diet soda all day. So you might want to start trying to win yourself off that because eventually your body's gonna be like, dude, I am seventy to eighty percent water, not seventy to eighty percent big gulp. You know, so your body's gonna want what it needs, not what right. you necessarily want. Right. And eventually it's going to tell you whether you want to hear it or not. It's going to break down and like, nope, sorry, I'm tired of this Coca-Cola manager giving me all the time. I need some water, big time. I think, I think with intermittent fasting, too, if you're going to try it, then you need to gradually work into it. So, yeah. for example, instead of deciding, okay, Monday I'm going to start that, just start Monday by skipping breakfast, and then you have yeah. lunch, and then you have a big dinner, and then you do that for a week or two, see how you feel on that. And then if you feel good on that, maybe you try skipping lunch, and then you gradually work on there. And this, this way you also have barometers of, okay, maybe a full eight hours is too much, but I can do four. Now, I, yeah. I often wake up, and I don't have anything to eat for usually an hour or so after I get Same up because I'm, I'm not hungry, right? Yeah, but absolutely. usually about an hour or so after I, I'm up and around and moving and getting stuff done, I start getting pretty hungry. And that's when I have a nice power meal and, and get the day going. And mm-hmm. usually I don't need to eat for a while after that. And then yeah, uh, dinner, dinner is my biggest meal. So it, it is influenced by my friend Ori Hoffmeckler's warrior diet where mm-hmm. – during the day, I tend to eat lighter because I'm busy and I just want to get stuff done. Right. In the, at night, you know, it's shutting off the computer. It's relaxing, having a good time. That's when I'll eat my biggest meal because I'm in a very relaxed state. I can take my time consuming it. And I'm not eating a huge dinner in 30 minutes. I'm eating it over the course of you know, over an hour because I'm taking right. my time. I'm relaxed. I don't have to rush it in. So there's nothing else I need to do that night. So, I mean, you're going to have to experiment with these things. But I think I think the key is with something like intermittent fasting, if you've never done it before, work into it gradually. And also, you may find that some a compromise works well, too. So you may find that Monday through Friday, you like to have three, four meals a day. And then once a week, you like to just give yourself a break. You do that eight-hour fast, no problem. And then the next day, you like to do a refuel. Like So, for example, on Saturday, you could make it an intermittent fast. And then on Sunday, you could do a refuel day where you purposely load up on surplus of calories. So that Monday you go in ready to crush it. This works yeah. very well. Yeah, Sunday you know is that good family meal day. So therefore, you're not the person that wrote to us a couple shows ago about you know, they were afraid about being the Debbie Downer, you know, at all these social events or something like that. So if you want to have the big family meal, then you can. And my thing is always think about what are you going to be doing before this meal? What's going on right. throughout your right. day? Like right now I know today – you know, the recording the show is actually for us is the day before Christmas. So by the time you guys hear it's gonna be like it's gonna be the beginning of the week of the New Year's week. But it's the day before Christmas right now. And I know that tomorrow is a big family dinner on Christmas Day. I mean, it's I already know what we're having for dinner and I'm preparing for it. Now I'm not gonna be the typical person that says, Yeah, I'm gonna starve myself all day so I can eat a lot on you know, a Christmas dinner. That's not that's never gonna be great because then you end up being in a tryptopan coma. Okay, right, so right. Um, I'm, I'm never that person. And the thing is, I don't have any set rules as far as how every day I must eat a certain way. I also go by the way I feel. I also go by right. what happened the day before. I also go by what I'm planning on doing for today. Today, right now, I've only had a small bowl of oatmeal. And that oatmeal, I had pumpkin in it. You know, I, I put pumpkin in it. I had a little bit of maple syrup, had some hemp seeds in it. And I, instead of butter, I used ghee. So it's keeping me pretty full. This was a few hours ago. I am not hungry at all. But what I do throughout the day, especially this last week or two, especially with all the holiday stuff going on, I've, 
I drink a lot more tea during the day. It's not the time where I drink more coffee. I drink a lot more tea right around this time. A, it's that time of the year where everybody's sick and coughing and touching you and the door handles are all nasty and full of germs. So I want to make sure that my immune system is up to par as best possible. Honestly, I don't have time to be sick. Okay. So I want to make sure that my immune system is up. And plus, I know with all the stuff that's going on holiday-wise, I'm a lover of chocolate. I'm one of those guys that's probably not going to say no to chocolate. And no, don't, don't say, yeah, like dark chocolate. No, I love chocolate. I'm not going to be that, that person where, like, I only eat dark chocolate. I, I like chocolate. And here's the thing. Again, it's like Mike referring to the cigars. That's how I am about chocolate. I love my chocolate. And I know also that I work hard for my chocolate as well. I'm not just sitting on my butt going through a whole big canister of Godiva, you know, open oyster shells while I'm watching, <laughs> I don't know, Scandal or something like that every night. So it's not that, but. But I do. I, I mean, I do. you know, the reason the reason why I like a good cigar and a gin and tonic is is obvious. You look like a bad mother. Like, 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 I feel like Sean Connery and James I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> anyone walking by sees me with my hat on and that cigar and gin and tonic, like that's a bad dude right hey, there. Man, look at that guy. Let me tell you, the other night, um, the other night I was at um, my brother-in-law's sister-in-law's Christmas party. So everybody was, you know, they got their drinks or whatever. But then they had um, some Fireball whiskey, which I've been wanting to try this for a while because I love spicy things. I love spicy food, and when you say cinnamon and whiskey at the same time, I'm not even a whiskey drinker, but I've been wanting to try this whiskey. So I go get it. I put a little bit of it on the rocks. You know, he's got the nice little grown-ass man whiskey glass, too. So I'm sitting there at the party, and everybody's like, wait, wait a minute. They're, all, they're holding beer and everything. I was like, dude, what are you drinking? So it's Fireball Whiskey. They're like, damn, that's like a grown man's drink. I'm like, you're damn right. <laughs> It's like it's like your whole demeanor changes when you drink certain things too, or you're doing it. You're just like you, you sit there. Well, you're, like, all, you're like you're like the world. You're like the Joseki guy now. You walk in the room, everyone's the world's most head. interesting man, the most interesting man in the world. All of a sudden, he's that guy with the hat on and the gin and tonic and the cigar. Hey man, she, she got the guy with the dreads, man. He, he's got the whiskey. What, what's what is he, what is he about? <laughs> oh yeah, man. But yeah, it's just it's just something about that. But again, it's not like I'm coming home. Every, it's not like I'm a soap opera character. When I come home from the gym every day, the first thing I do, I go grab a glass of whiskey or <laughs> grab a drink like oh it's been a tough day at the gym i need a drink oh gosh no i don't want to be that guy ever because that just means okay you need to evaluate some things going on in your yeah, life you have, buddy. A, you have a liquor cabinet in your house that's usually a bad thing <laughs> i mean <laughs> a, a, i mean a legitimate like liquor cabinet i know you ever walk into someone's house they've got like that like that hoity-toity liquor cabinet area yeah with like, like 10 different bottles and stuff and it's like the- oh man it's like right there four. where you can walk by it and pour yourself a drink whenever you want. So I'm like, yeah, it's on the way it? to the kitchen. It's on the way to the yeah. refrigerator. Like, you got to get to that before yeah. you get to the fridge. <laughs> so, like, yeah, i got to pour myself a drink. I'm like, that is I so... I want a drink. I go out and get one, right? I'm like, I don't have a cabinet in my kitchen where I, where I like, oh, I'm going to have a drink. I mean, I have a gin and tonic, like, maybe a couple times a month. You know, it's not right. every night. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's just hilarious. It's like, it's so, it just reminds me of, like, watching Dynasty or something like yeah, that. Or, exactly. or watching Dallas. Exactly. Like, they come in from the office, and then the first thing Jr. does, he goes and he gets, like, a shot of bourbon to wind the day down. But then they also have, like, a bottle at the office in the desk. <laughs> it's like, that's a clear sign. You need to change jobs, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, this is so funny. But, yeah. That's funny. Speaking of what you said about a cold, you know, I'm getting over a nasty cold. My brother's been in town. He's filming a movie in Los Angeles. He's been staying here at the house, and he, he came back from one of his shoots with a nasty cold. And, of course, I picked it up from him. And it was like last week. It was just vicious, man. I'm getting, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm getting towards the lat, the tail end of it now, so I could start working out again and so forth. But yeah. we had a question about training with the cold. Is, should you do it or should you avoid it? And 
it's funny because, you know, I wrote an article about this years ago for T Nation. And at that time, I was basically saying, <clears throat> you know, go for it because right. of all potential benefits. And, you know, looking back on it, I've, I've modified my stance on that. So I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't work out at all, but here's, here's kind of the rule of thumb. Okay, if you're sneezing and coughing and your nose is running, don't go to the gym and work out for obvious reasons. You don't right. want to make everyone else sick there. It's a consideration thing. You know, like I wanted to go to the spa last week because I was, I was like, man, my nose is so clogged. I'm sneezing, coughing. I feel like crap. But, but yeah, I may, go to, I may go to the spa and feel better, but everyone else there is going to get sick. So it's just being inconsiderate. So right. I didn't do it for that reason. Like today, I'm not, I'm not going to spread it anymore. So now, now it's okay for me to go do that. Here's, here's the thing. If you have a bad fever, for example, forget about working out. You're not even going to be thinking about working out anyway. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you ever thought about working out when you have a bad fever and your nausea and your stomach's upset? I mean, working out is the last thing on my mind when I feel that. Right. So working out with a fever for obvious reasons is, is, is not a good thing. A cold is a little bit trickier. Here's the thing. A cold here, – here's what happens. If I go do a strength training workout when I have a cold, I will feel better during that workout. And the reason why is because – my body's energy has now shifted from fighting the cold to fueling me for that workout. So all of a sudden, your nose stops running, you're not sneezing, and you're like, man, this is great. I feel better. Here's what happens when the workout ends. All of a sudden, your energy goes back to fighting that cold, but right. now you're in a weakened state because you just exerted yourself. So now you're probably going to be sicker for longer. Instead of five days and you've got it kicked out, now it's going to be like two weeks, or it's going to be like this lingering cold that just never goes away. Right. So my, my advice is, first of all, don't go to any gym where you're going to get other people sick. That's a no-brainer. But, it, but if, you, if you have some energy and you're at home, you know, maybe do a few pull-ups throughout the day, exercise breaks, maybe pick up a kettlebell and press it a few times just to feel active, do yeah. some one-legged squats. And, and the reason for this is not because – you have the illusion that you're going to make progress while you're sick. It's just to build up your confidence because you don't want to just sit there and lie in bed watching TV all day. That's just miserable. Do what Sincere talks about how he's always talking about going outside for a fresh walk, get some fresh air, get some sunshine. You know, try to stay as active as you can so you're not putting your life on hold, but you realize that you're not going to go to the gym and, and set some PRs. That's just right. not going to happen. You're not going to be able to do it at your home gym either. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> yeah. going to work there. So when again when you're when you have a nasty cold and you work out those symptoms will stop the cleansing symptoms runny nose sneezing etc. But that's not necessarily because you're getting better it's just because your energy is being diverted and if you try to work out hard while you have a cold you're just going to prolong that thing. Because always remember training is still a form of stress. Right. Okay? And stress weakens the immune system. Now if your immune system is already weakened because you're already sick then you're just doubling the efforts right there. So right. always remember that training is a, is a great form of stress, but it's still stress. It's still going still gonna to cause inflammation on a body that's already inflamed from sickness. So always keep right. that in mind. Always keep that in mind. And basically the only time the gains really happen is when you're resting. The thing is your body's already making sure that you're going to have to rest anyway. It's making you feel weak. And one thing about being sick, let me say this. Now, I know I said I don't have time to get sick, but let me tell you, when it happens, I'm not upset about it because I know that's my body telling me something, and now I have to listen. Illness is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, a, it's an indicator. It's a signal because we haven't been paying attention to all the smaller things that have been going on. So it's almost like the body's like, okay, you know what? You're not listening to me. Now i got to do something dramatic. 
So how about the flu, bitch? <laughs> you know, and that's pretty much what's happening. Right. Like, oh, now you're paying attention, and now you're doing all those things you probably should have been doing prior to getting sick. Oh, now you're taking in a lot of fluids. Oh, now you're getting some sleep. Well, now you're kind of rest, resting a little bit and cutting back on just going all over the place and being at every little function and things like that. And your body's like, thank you. Now that I have your attention. Now, the only problem is a lot of times once we start feeling better, we start thinking, as soon as we just feel a tad bit better, we're ready to start doing things again. So as soon as the coughing goes away, but we still have the running nose, like, all right, well, I'm not coughing anymore. It's time to go hit the gym. <laughs> start back on the strenuous workout program. Start to do, time to do five three one again. <laughs> you know, so it's just like no, 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 no. Hold on, man. Again, go back to doing what Mike said. Just if you need to, you know, stay active. Just pick up a bell here and there. Do a few swings here and there, and put it down. Sit your butt down. All right, you did something. Or you took that walk. You did something. You don't have yeah, to go all. You don't exactly. have to go in all hard just yet. You got to just kind of play by. You actually start paying attention to your body. That's why you got sick in the first place. Your body wants to be heard. So listen. Right. So, so like for yeah. example, I worked out yesterday, and I, I, I had a great workout. You know, I, I did 475 pounds for three reps, but that that's well within what my max. So, I mean, if I could max hit that for five reps, three is no problem. And I, I so I just stayed conservative. I lifted heavy. I did what I normally did, but I didn't take it to those high-end intensity sets because, like right. you said, that's that's just going to delve deeper into my reserves, and then I'm never going to get over this whole thing. Right. So it's like it's like when in doubt, do less. And then if if you're if if you have to psych yourself up to go work out, then that's a sign yeah. that you probably shouldn't. Man. And then right. that goes that's whether you're sick or not. You know, a lot of times like uh, people are like, man, I don't feel like working out at all today. I'm wiped out, but I'm just going to take an energy drink and caffeinate myself and go do it anyway. Ooh. It's like, nah. I mean, I I I I appreciate the resolve, but. That's not the way to go, man. Get your natural energy reserves back and then go get in there. And what we have to differentiate between you just being a lazy ass and you being actually low energy. Right. Because sometimes your energy is high. You're just like, nah, I don't want to go work out today. You know, that's a lot different than someone who's just dragging and they're wiped out. Right. And then they just they, they take a caffeine hit to get themselves. And that brings us to another question, actually, about caffeine. This, this is an interesting one because this is from the same guy who emailed uh, you, actually, about alternatives to to dairy creamers for coffee mm-hmm. right. and then you gave this great response to that i mean that was like the epic response of of non-dairy creamers that you can use for for coffee right. Which, and, that's gonna be on, and that's gonna be on my blog by the time you guys are hearing the show so you definitely yeah, that was good. That was i'm good gonna info. post that i'm gonna post that so this same guy i'm not gonna say his name so i don't want to throw him under the bus but he emailed me right after he emailed you and he said you know i've got really low dhea i've tried your recovery oil and it, it didn't help bring the dhea up He's like, uh, is there anything else I can take besides DHA to help break it up? And I was, I was like, okay, coffee, man. <laughs> Let me give you some advice here, okay? Time to cut the coffee out. If you yeah. have really low DHA, your adrenal health is poor, and you drinking yeah. a lot of coffee ain't going to help. I'm, I, I think coffee is great stuff, and it has a lot of benefits to it, but when you have adrenal fatigue, it's not going to help you. It's going to make things worse. It's going to give you the illusion of energy. It's going to make your adrenals work harder. It's going to make them weaker. So this guy needs to cut coffee out. And I was very blunt with that response. And then he emailed back. He's like, you know what? You're, you're making me realize that I've been through a lot of stress recently. I had a bad, just got out of a bad relationship. I started a new career. I'm already in this stress state. So I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'm not saying take it easy right now because we've got things you need to do, but do the right things to support your adrenals. You know, take things right. like ashwagandha and and Siberian ginseng and even Korean ginseng and rhodiola, you know, these are things that will help rebuild your adrenal health. Try to get as much sleep as you can. I'm not against 
and this guy's, if this guy's over 40, I'm not against supplemental DHEA either, at least for a, a temporary period. So what right. he could do is basically say, look, I don't want to take DHEA cream or trochies forever because it is a hormone. It'll, it'll shut down your natural production over time. But right. let's say you're going through a stressful period where you say for the next eight weeks, though, I'm going to take that to get me through this period, and then I'll start balancing out more. Okay, if you're someone who's disciplined who can do that, that that's a beneficial thing as well. And also at some point, it is, at some point, like I always laugh when someone's like 65 and they're saying, you know, what can I what can I do naturally to increase my testosterone? I'm like, let me tell you what you can do. You can go to a doctor right now and you can get a shot, right? Because you're <laughs> yeah. you're an old dude, man. Accept it. You know, you're not you're not going to get the same effects that someone who's 40 taking my natural testosterone booster is going to get, for example. And I've had guys in their 50s and early 60s get great results. But generally, a lot of guys in that demographic, you're, you're way beyond the point where just taking natural remedies is going to get you back to optimal. So I'm not saying that every older guy should go. I'm only saying that if you're experiencing negative symptoms of low testosterone, then go to a doctor and discuss that and see if it's a good fit for you. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why, like I said, I'm, between staying up late and working on the show and editing things like that, you know, I've cut back as much as I love coffee, I've cut back. And it's, what's funny is, like, I haven't had to force myself. I listen to my body, and I can actually tell even when I drink it how it feels now when I drink it. You know, it's just, oh, it's not even so much about me loving the taste of it anymore. It's like, okay, I don't need it right now, and I'd much, I'd much rather drink tea. And what I do now, in the mornings, I'll pretty much have, like, Earl Grey tea or green tea, and now I have this Earl Grey um, green tea blend that I have. And what right. I'll do is I'll add the Korean ginseng. I have Korean ginseng as well. I have, like, the packets of it. I get it from yeah, the Asian awesome. market. Yeah, yeah I get great. it from the Asian market. So I add yeah. that first, and I pour the tea over that and just stir it up, and, dude, I'm good. And that's one of those days where I'm probably – I'm probably not even going to eat until like lunch or I'm probably not going to eat probably until about four or five hours later because I'm not hungry. And it's not like I'm trying to starve myself or anything. I'm really big on, and this doesn't work for everyone because a lot of people are not there nutrition wise to do that, but I'm really big on eat when you're hungry. But a lot of times, uh, most folks cannot understand if they're hungry or if they're starving. And I say this all the time. If you are like depleted of nutrients, you're going to always think you're hungry. And so it's about right. knowing when you're actually hungry. Right. And then some people just try to starve themselves. Even if they're hungry, they won't believe it. Like, nah, I, I can't be hungry right now. I'm just, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat until I get, I have dinner tonight. And that can also work against you. So it, it becomes that part where you really start to really learn your yeah. body and what works for you. And when, here's a good test to see if you're hungry or not. First of all, drink some water. And drink a little more water. Are you still feeling hungry? Okay. Again, also, I said, when's the last time you had something to eat? And what was the last thing you had to eat? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now if you can answer all those questions and you are still hungry, then you eat something. And my thing is, instead of trying to just go all in and eat something big, you know, start with if it's got fruit and vegetables and, you know, you got your protein source in there or whatever. So go with the fruit and vegetables first and then have a little bit of the protein source and then just see how you feel from there. And better yet, this is what I like to do after a meal. Instead of drinking water after a meal, now the whole thing about – We've all heard if you drink water, right, if you, you eat, you can wash away the nutrients. I'm like, God, what kind of body do you have? That you can just wash away. You can just yeah. wash away. The, what are you, cast with a friendly yeah, that, that, That's a new one for me, man. I've heard I'm, that I used to get into bodybuilding world so much all the time, man. Wash like, away the nutrients. Man. Yeah, that's, just wash all the nutrients one. away. It's like, shut the hell up. So what kind of body do you have? Are you that pure? <laughs> you know, they can just go right through you like that? So no, but yeah. one thing I do like to do is have a warm beverage. Now, I like, I'd rather drink tea after a meal, and this is what the majority of people do in the world. This is what they do. They have their meal, and they have tea after that. 
A, it really aids in digestion. It really helps to break the food down and have it pass through yeah. a lot easier yeah. by doing that. And my thing is also just the way it makes you feel as well. It just really helps with the endorphins and things like that. It just really just makes that eating experience a lot more pleasant. So it doesn't seem like a chore. A lot of people eat because it's like a job. Thing. I got to eat. I got to eat. Instead of them want, wanting to eat and enjoying the food and they're rushing through it. And so, of course, that's going to really suck as far as digestion because they're just probably not chewing the food all the way. So now they're gassy and they're burping and everything else that's, <laughs> that's going on. So, again, I like having that warm tea after that. Sometimes I'll just have black coffee after that. So my thing is when it comes to coffee as well, having after a meal, I'm not necessarily a big fan of having coffee that's, like a latte or something like that, because that's when you're really going to start feeling a little bloated, even if you use all those milk alternatives that I talked about, because it's just a lot going in after the food that you have. And just something about protein and a protein source, whether it's meat or whether it's from legumes or something like that, and then backdooring that with some type of milk, it's just not, it's not a great combination. And the thing is, if you have black coffee and it's not that great, you should check your coffee source. You should check your coffee source and stop buying cheap coffee. Invest in, find a local roaster, and really get some great local roasted coffee beans. Also, check your water source. Your coffee and tea is only going to be as good as your water. And if you have crappy water that's contaminated and got all kinds of rust and everything else, don't expect to have good coffee and good tea. It's just never going to happen. Now, if you get some filtered water, and I'm telling you, you will see the difference big time in how your coffee and how your tea will taste when you change uh, your water. It's tremendous. I mean, I use a water distillation unit, which is, yeah. which is even more high level than most filters. I mean, it gets yeah. rid of, it gets rid of fluoride and, and everything completely. And you should yeah. look at this container after each batch, like oh, all this yeah. nasty residue at the bottom, all this rust looking material. I mean, you, you have to use like this, this cleaner after each batch just to get rid of all of that stuff. And that's right. what you're drinking. When you're not yeah. using either a really good filtration system or a good water distiller, is that that's what you're taking in each day? This nasty gunk on there. You know, so much of the of the contaminants that come into our bodies from the water supply. Because think about what's you no, know, we don't like to think about it, but you know, when you flush yeah, the let's toilet, think about it. <laughs> let's think about all it. All that stuff is going into the water supply, and then people 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 flush medications down there. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going in there. And then they're they're allegedly filtering all that stuff out and then sending it back to you to drink. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not willing to take I'm not willing to trust that they're going to do the best job possible to filter out everything. Especially I'm going to take the additional that, measures. Yeah, especially these cities that are on budgets and they're broke. And I mean, yeah, you got exactly. places like you got places like Detroit filing for bankruptcy. You think they're caring about the water supply in Detroit right now? They have bigger fish to fry. They have bills big time. So you think they're caring about how clean your water is? No, they're probably yeah. not. So I say go ahead and invest in a proper filtration system, man. And if you can get one where you can just, like what Mike has, or you can get one throughout the house like what we have, do it, man. It's worth throughout it. Throughout the house is a good one. What you, what you guys have is badass, man. I mean, that, 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 that's the ideal where, like, the, the entire house now is exactly. good. Like, when you take a shower and you're not, yeah. like, these little red bumps and you're not scratched. Right, right. That says a lot about your water right there. Or right. the fact is I drink my water right out of the faucet. And, and I always like to take the test. I like to look in the glass and put it up to the wind, you know, put it up to the light and just see. Is anything swimming? Like, oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. I, a lot of particles in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff swimming disgusting. around looking at you. <laughs> it's, like, it's like little micro fibers of toilet paper in there. I mean, it's so disgusting, dude. It'll make you vomit, man. I mean, you, you that's toilet paper. Take, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take the extra measures, exactly. Take the extra measures to do it. I like what you said about tea, though. I'm a big fan of tea as well. In fact, I've been on many long flights where 
someone brings you over a nice cup of tea, and I'm telling you, man, it, it, you enjoy that flight so much more. I mean, you value that cup of tea. It's, it's warm. It's embracing. Yeah. It's it calms you, you down on that flight. Yeah, man. It, it helps it, with the anxiety of a flight. It, it's, it does so much because – Better than alcohol. Tea, yeah, tea has caffeine, but it also has theanine, which is an yep. amino acid, which is an anti-anxiety amino acid, so it yep. does help calm you down. So that's the great thing about tea is even when you drink a lot of tea, you notice you don't get that coffee kick where you've had too many espressos, for example, mm-hmm. because tea has that theanine, which is really good for anxiety. I mean, I can have a couple cups of tea in the evening. It's not going to affect my sleep adversely at all. No. So, and I'm very sensitive to caffeine. If I have a cup of coffee at night, forget it. I'm not going to sleep at all that night. But yeah. black tea, green tea, white tea, the yeah, Ruby Boat tea is also great stuff. I mean, I'm oh, just yeah, a big Ruby is a bomb, well. man. Yeah, Ruby man, that stuff is, is badass. There's the blueberry one that, that yeah. you can get at Whole Foods, the Whole Leaves. In South Africa, every hotel you go to Rubo. has that. Yeah, it's yep. very popular out there. It's, it's just ubiquitous in South yeah, Africa. Yeah, I remember posting about that. Actually, I think I did it, um, and I did a post for, I believe, My Mad Methods talking about those benefits. And I remember one of our mutual friends, Johan, um, I always screw up his last name, but he lives out in <laughs> South Africa. It's Rolf, Rolf, oh, man, it starts with an R. I don't want to mess up Johan's name. But anyway, when I posted, he's like, yeah, man, that's like water for us out here. That's right. all day, every day. I was like, yeah, right. trust me, I love Rubos. And there's so many great benefits of Rubos tea. And uh, one, one of the upcoming shows, I'm definitely going to, like, you know, really talk about that. And if yep. you're looking for a good tea to drink at night before bed, chamomile tea and, or jasmine tea, uh, Peppermint tea is good stuff, man. Yeah, oolong. Yeah, oolong. Yeah, yeah, monkey pick oolong is the bomb. And plus, it's just fun to watch those little rolled up balls of tea just open up and bloom inside when it starts to get hot, man. So it's really, really awesome. But yeah, you can't beat chamomile tea, and it'll, it'll make you sleepy. So chamomile is not one of those teas I want to drink yeah. at like two in the afternoon because I'm going to be so relaxed. I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like, if you're if you're in if you're in Amsterdam or Holland, you know, ganja tea. Ganja. Incredible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that marijuana tea is incredible stuff. Now I only use it when I'm, I'm in Holland. I'm okay? just saying it helps with your glaucoma and it helps you relax. I'm just saying. <laughs> only so when I'm in Holland though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's definitely a topic for a future show right there. And um so yeah, one last thing before we go out, before we head out of here. Keep your reviews coming. I know we've pretty much hit the 100 mark, but keep it coming. And, again, like I told you guys before, those reviews really help all the new listeners out there find out what you guys already know and what you already enjoy. Here's my thing. When you're enjoying something, man, a lot of times you want to share that. You want other people to partake in it. Like when it comes to food and restaurants, that's the reason why websites like Yelp and all of them are here. It's because people go, they have a great experience, and they want to tell people about it. They want to share their review. So the other people can understand, like, oh, okay, well, I want to try this place out. Look, when you go on iTunes or Stitcher and leave those ratings and reviews, it's no different than going on Yelp and letting people know your experience with listening to our show. And it's only going to get better, people. Just look at the lineup of guests that we have coming up. This month is going to be just packed with so many great guests, so much information. Your 2014 is going to start off the right way, folks, if you just check out our show. Keep the reviews coming. Keep the ratings coming. Remember the magic formula is subscribe first then leave your rating and review, then listen to the show, then make sure that you share it. You can share it via Twitter, share it via Facebook, because when you share it, that only helps us with our rankings of the show as well. And the higher we go up in the rankings, the more people are going to be aware of what, who we are, what we're talking about, see all the good stuff that you guys know about. So definitely share it. So tweet it out, send it out on Facebook, share it on Pinterest, 
and share us on Instagram, all that good stuff, man. Also, if you, if you don't want to be like those people who watch public television but never make a donation, they just, they just rely on other people making donations and ride the tail, you can take it a step further by using coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements. You're going to get great supplements that definitely work. Check out the testimonials for each product on my page. It's legit. Use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off, and then you're going to help support the show because right now, you know, we pay to do this show. We don't have advertisers like a lot of other podcasts. You know, we don't have commercial breaks every 10 minutes, and a lot of you said that's great that you don't do it. Well, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to do that forever if we don't have revenue coming in for the show. <laughs> yeah. So if you like the show, giving us reviews helps a lot. So, you know, some of you are like, you know, I'm broke. I'd love to buy stuff, but I'm, I'm broke. It's like, I understand. Go give us a review. Share it with your friends. That's all helpful. If you want to take it one step further, though, you, know, you can support our respective businesses using that coupon code. And they can use it to get a discount on your DVD as well, right? Yes, you can get 30% off my Bodyweight DVD, whether it's the physical copy or the downloaded copy. And coming up in, like, really soon is going to be the Weight Management 101 program that I've been working on for a while now. Um, just about ready to go with that. Testing out on, with a couple of folks right now, so they really, really like it. It's going to be ready to go. And it's kind of good that it's kind of happening a little bit after the whole the dating period of January 1st kind of wears off because so many people are going to be inundated with so much of, all this madness as far as weight loss, fat loss, workout programs, training programs, new year, new you, all this madness in this first week of January. And it's going to be so overwhelming. And I don't want you guys to miss out and have this get caught up in the mix. That's why I'm really putting the time into it to make sure the support materials are there, which is going to be the difference between that and a lot of all the stuff you're going to be hearing about in the first week of January when everybody else is just trying to jump on the bandwagon and just drop one little thing and be done. Like I said, the one hitter quitters, they have that one product and they're out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right, just, right. you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm in it for the long haul to help you guys out. It's not like I'm, this is a program I'm going to come up with and then get like all these people to sign up for it. And then I'm done with it and I'm moving on and you're just kind of sitting there like, okay, now what? Cause trust me, I've been in those shoes before I bought someone's product. And next thing you know, once everybody they had the big push for it and they had the big release and the launch, then they would done with everyone, and this person moved <laughs> on to another product. And like, dude, are you serious? And so they have this dormant product going on. You have all everybody hitting the message board on the product. Hey, why is so and so not answering? Why is he not replying back to the emails? You got this going on, and the person that created it never checked into the forum or anything like that. I'm like, you know what? Screw those guys. And right. I know some of those guys are listening to the show. So on behalf of everyone that's bought your product in the past, suck it. Okay, <laughs> and and I know we just lost a subscriber, but whatever. So anyway, we we didn't want that guy or chick to like be a part of this family that's growing with the show anyway, because they're shady. We don't want them. Shady people yeah, exactly, suck ass. Exactly. Well, they suck said, ass in this industry, and we want you all to just burn and. I, I, I agree completely. If you're, not, if you're not providing great support for whatever products you sell, then shame on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are always like, man, it's awesome that. I bought your testosterone booster, and you're so responsive with questions and so forth. And I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot. But the reality is everyone should be. You know, anyone yeah. who has a business should be doing that. It, it, I just, it shouldn't even be something where a customer is surprised. Like, exactly. Wow, I, I want that surprise so to go away. That's, that's, my, yeah. that's my lofty dream right there is where a customer is not surprised that they actually got an answer from the product creator yeah, about like, their product right. and how they can better use the product. You know, I want that surprise to die. But the way to look at it, though, is there's an opportunity because if other yeah. companies think they can just get away with providing crappy service, fine, keep doing that. I'm going to yeah. provide the best service available. And 
Yeah, thanks uh, and, for and the help. People, people are, people are going to know. They're going to tell everyone, and, and this is going to help build my business. Great yep. products, great customer service. You're, you're good, man. You're gonna, the work's going to get out there. People are going to respect that. They're going to know it. They're going to share their enthusiasm, and you're good to go. And that's why I'm going to be coming out with a new line of products. I've got a skirt shirt in development. i got booties shorts in development. And this one's for Kim Blackford. i got Aggressive Strains Edible Underwear that will be available <laughs> in stores everywhere. It's coming to cool. Target. And it's cruelty-free, Ken. Cruelty-free. <laughs> yeah, cruelty-free edible underwear. Company. Now, no what you do? Or byproducts? Now, what you do? Hold on. Now, what you do with the the product that's contained within the product, and how you treat that? That's up to you. But otherwise, it's cruelty-free. Now, how you treat what you're using it for? That's on you, buddy. So, anyway, on that note, so thanks everybody for. For sending all your feedback, sending your emails, keep them coming. Mike at LLAPodcast.com. Sincere LLAPodcast.com. Keep everything coming, man. Lots of great stuff coming for 2014. Have a great New Year's, and we'll be we'll be providing great content as usual in 2014. All right. So there you go, folks. Take care, everybody. I'll see you next time.